0: Noah Dobson is a restricted free agent should the Islanders look for a long-term deal or a bridge contract. We break that down, plus some more trade possibilities for the Islanders to get a goal scorer. All that and more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. And I wrote the book, Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. We've got a lot to discuss on today's show, but first, if you've got something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question to ask us, a comment about something we discussed, or maybe something you'd like us to talk about on the show, Feel free to send us an email, the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Isles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, NYRVSNYI. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings throughout this offseason. Whether it's free agency, trade rumors, coaches coming and going, whatever it is, if it's regarding the Islanders, we've got you covered here on Locked on Islanders. So, we wanted to start today talking a little bit about Noah Dobson. You know, so many so-called experts say the Islanders don't have enough good young players, and there is definitely some truth to that. But one good young player the Islanders definitely do have is defenseman Noah Dobson. And Dobson really had a breakout season this past year, climbing up the charts, going from a guy who was more or less uh, a question mark on the third defensive pair, who it seemed like the Islanders were reluctant to trust when it came to important parts of the game. And by the end of the season, Developing into a guy who had 51 points in 80 games. Was third on the team in scoring. And second on the team in assists with 38. Really contributed on the power play. 22 of his 51 points coming with the man advantage. And, you know, also leading the Islanders in shots on goal with 190. So... A lot of good things from Noah Dobson. I think being with Zdeno Chara helped. And a little more NHL experience under his belt helped. And while he's still not perfect defensively, certainly a willingness, at least at this point, to get more done uh, on the defensive side of the game certainly helped ingratiate him with the coaching staff. But here's the thing about Noah Dobson. He is now... 22 years old, Uh, he's a restricted free agent. Now, a lot of rumors going around that probably Lou Amarillo has reached a deal in principle with Noah Dobson's camp. We don't know that for sure, but that is the rumor. No one has signed Dobson to an offer sheet. Very little news or even rumors surrounding Dobson. And so you have, you know, that And when you look back at what Lou Lamorello did a year ago with many of his restricted free agents, it makes sense that he may try to do the same thing with Dobson. But I guess the question is, are the Islanders better off signing Noah Dobson to a bridge deal similar to what they did with Matthew Barzal a few years back, where it's sort of a three-year contract at a medium kind of a, a, you know, not quite top of what his market value could be. Or do you go for that six, seven, eight-year contract to lock up a young talent like Noah Dobson now? And when you look at it, there are sort of two sides to the coin. If you go the bridge deal route, the advantage is that probably you're paying him less money this year. And the Islanders, as we all know, they're about $11 million under the cap, still need to sign Dobson, Romanov, and uh, Kiefer Bellows to new contracts. And then we all know the Islanders, at least in theory, want to go out and get that big goal scorer to really make this team better when you know the new season gets underway. And goal scorers, I hate to say it, They're probably the most expensive commodity in the game right now. You want a guy who's going to score 30, 35, 40 goals a year, you're going to pay top dollar for that player. So if Dobson takes the bridge deal, the good news is you probably lock him up till he's 25, 26, and you probably get a little bit of cap relief, at least for that, you know, the, the first few years of the deal and there's an advantage to that. The disadvantage is, if he's 22 now and you sign him to a three-year bridge deal, he's 25 when he becomes an unrestricted free agent, and then you're gonna have to pay him even more money. Over the short term, the bridge deal makes more sense. Over the long term, signing Dobson now to a seven or eight-year deal, which would take him to age 29 or 30, Probably makes a little more sense because if you look at the cap, yeah, okay, COVID sort of disrupted things a little bit. But generally speaking, you look at the cap situation and the cap continues to go up year after year. If Dobson continues to mature as a player, he's you know not in his prime yet at 22. You got to figure 24, 26, 28. Those are more or less your prime years as a player. He could be even better. And if you pay him six, seven million a year, by the time you get to your four, five, six of the contract, if the cap keeps going up and salaries keep going up, that deal can be a bargain for the Islanders. And that would definitely be long-term a better situation where you have Pellick Pulak and Dobson lined up as the core of your defense and you know we'll see what Romanov ends up being but to have those three guys locked up to me makes the most sense so ideally I think if you're the Islanders you sign Dobson to the long-term deal now even if that means trading away another player whether it's uh, an Anthony Bevilier Or another forward to try to free up some more cap space to bring in that goal scorer that the Islanders need. I think that's the most prudent long-term way to handle the Noah Dobson situation. But we have to see what Lou Lamorello and the Islanders front office decide to do. Because, you know, to me, okay, he's only had one really good season so far. But Noah Dobson has got to be a part of the core of this franchise. When we come back, we have got some more trade possibilities, uh, some emails that you sent in asking about those, and we'll discuss that, plus a little more of your comments on the fisherman jersey situation. And our Islanders' birthday of the day today takes you all the way back to the first year of the Islanders franchise. So we've got all that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, the NHL, of course, combat sports, esports, even tennis and golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, some more. Uh, Trade rumors and some more of your emails. We'll start with the trade rumor and uh, Elliot Friedman uh, of Sportsnet up in Canada, again saying that maybe the Islanders are looking to trade for J.T. Miller from Vancouver. Uh, And yet, one of the things that Friedman is saying is that it is entirely possible that Noah Dobson could be the centerpiece of a deal like that where the Islanders would sign uh, Dobson, trade him, and get Miller. I don't think that's a good deal in the sense that Miller is 29, has one year left on his contract, got to sign him to that extension. I don't like the idea of giving up on Noah Dobson in that trade. Friedman, by the way, also reporting that the Islanders are quote-unquote in on Nazem Kadri, along with the Avalanche, the Flames, and the Red Wings, but uh, again, we'll see. Another thing that uh, Friedman was saying: it is possible, very possible, he says, that Dobson has a contract extension done. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, great email from Ryan on Long Island. Ryan says, uh, "Is Kyle Connor?" An option for the Islanders, and are the Jets willing to part ways with Kyle? And how well could he fit into the lineup? So we look at Kyle Connor. Uh, led the Jets in scoring last year: 47 goals, 93 points, four penalty minutes. Won the Lady Bing Trophy for gentlemanly play. Uh, eight power play goals. Uh, 20 power play assists, so we could certainly help there. Uh, big guy at six foot one, not very uh, thick, only 183 pounds, but 25 years old, won't turn 26 until early December. Native of Michigan, went to the University of Michigan, and. Would he be a good fit on the Islanders on the left side? He's a left-handed shot, left wing. You you could go Connor and Barzal on your top line. Uh, I I think you know that would be a very very interesting matchup. Here's the thing you got to love also about Kyle Connor: 317 shots on goal in 79 games that is almost four shots on goal for, per game and 495 uh, 9 four uh, that's practically 500 shots attempted he'll give you ice time 21 minutes 47 seconds on average per game last year and obviously you know led the jets in both goals and points to me a no brainer as far as would he add talent the problem kyle connor's cap hit right now 7.14 million dollars and he is under contract for four more seasons would the jets want to deal their leading scorer i would tend to say if i'm the winnipeg jets and i've got a little cap space available they have a little less than eight and a half million dollars in cap space, according to cap friendly, uh it would take a lot for me to trade my best offensive player. But if you can get Kyle Connor for four more years, including this year, at seven point one four million dollars, I think the Islanders should jump on that. You know, the Islanders haven't had a first-round pick now in three years. Would you throw in another first-round pick next year? Uh, Because you would certainly need to do that to get Kyle Connor. Uh, Maybe. But, you know, at his age, at this point, you know, if he's 25, you can get him for four more years, so he'll be 30 when the contract ends. You're getting the prime of Kyle Connor's career. Again, I think you'd have to bowl the Jets over with an offer in order to make that uh, trade possible. I haven't heard a lot of rumors recently that Connor is available, but boy, oh boy, if you could get him, it would be great. Uh, for the New York Islanders to do that. Also, uh, Frank from North Patchog writes, the fisherman jersey uh, brings back some terrible memories for me. My Ranger fan buddies never let me forget, we want fish sticks. I couldn't give them the 1940 chant because they broke that curse, unfortunately. The fisherman looks like Poop Deck Pappy, Popeye's father. Ugh. But the worst memory was that fraud, John Spano. I believe he did his dirty dealings in trying to buy the Islanders during the Fisherman Jersey period. This is what bothers me the most. It's a very dark period in Islanders history. I cringe when I see that jersey at Isles Games. I know you would like to wipe out the unpleasant memories and start better memories by instituting that jersey. And maybe better things could happen. But as for me, the Fisherman Jersey should be lost at sea forever. Frank from North Patchogue, and he says as a PS great job that you and Rachel Donner do on Locked On NHL on Friday. So thank you for the kind words, Frank. And, you know, a lot of people, a lot of fans who were around back in the mid to late 90s when the Islanders instituted the fisherman jerseys, it does bring back those, those difficult memories of, you know, we want fish dicks and the team losing a lot of games and not spending a lot of money. And, you know, Ziggy Palfy as we said, by far the best player on the team during those two years that they used that jersey. And it's not that the jersey itself is so hideous, although I never really loved it at the time. It's the way it was handled It was the way it was brought out and the way the team played at the time. As a retro, you know, reverse third jersey, I don't think it would be that bad. But boy, you know, Frank, I understand where you're coming from. Those were some tough times for Islander fans. And to sort of reinforce those memories by bringing them back, that would be a little bit difficult to say the least. So, uh... I, I think there's room for it, but you got to sort of win over a lot of fans. And, you know, you lose the first game or two if you wear those as your reverse retro third jerseys. Boy, uh, no. You know, the, all of a sudden you'd be like, oh, they're jinxed. These are bad jerseys. I don't know if that would be sort of uh, what we'd be looking for. So it'll be interesting, to say the least to see if the Islanders go that route. And please, uh, fans, listeners, viewers, if you have something to say about the Fisherman jersey, comments on uh, YouTube, Twitter, uh, email, all of it, because uh, it's interesting to get the feedback. So far, the feedback that I've been getting has been a lot more negative than positive when it comes to the Fisherman jerseys. And, and look, you got to take it into consideration. Part of it is when people are upset and feel negatively about something, they're more likely to write in. If someone says, oh, yeah, I kind of like the Fisherman jerseys, or I think they're pretty good, that doesn't make you write in and passionately voice your opinion. Whereas if you're like, don't bring those things back, oh, I remember that, and it really was upsetting to me, you're more likely to, to send the email. So love to hear from people either way, how you feel about the Fisherman jerseys, but boy, Uh, they they do bring back some tough memories for people who are old enough to remember what it was like to have the team wear them. When we come back, we have our Islanders birthday of the day. We take you back to the very first season of the Islanders, a player that they chose in the expansion draft. So uh, let's see if you can guess who that is. We've got that and some final thoughts coming up on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And Tuesday, August 2nd, would have been the 74th birthday of former Islanders forward Brian Marchinko. Marchinko, a native of Weyburn, Saskatchewan, was selected by the Islanders from the Toronto Maple Leafs in the expansion draft in 1972. Only played five games for the Maple Leafs, two in 70-71 and uh, three in 71-72, then split 72-73, the Islanders' first season in the league between the New Haven Nighthawks and the Islanders, played 36 games for the Islanders in that inaugural season, had two goals, eight points, and those were his only NHL points of his career, played in six more games for the Isles the following year, splitting time between the Providence Reds, and the Fort Worth Wings, both of whom were farm clubs of the Isles back then. Now, interestingly enough, the final 21 games of his career in the minors, in the North American Hockey League, he played for a team known as the Johnstown Jets, and anyone who uh, knows Slapshot knows that the Jets were the team that, you know, things were based on uh, when it came to Slapshot, so uh, Brian Marchenko could have told you a lot about that unfortunately uh marchenko passing away uh may 12 2014 uh, unexpectedly in his sleep in in british columbia and uh you know from from what everybody seems to have said about him a very very nice guy kind of a journeyman hockey player who really Benefited from the rapid expansion of the NHL and the WHA and got his cup of coffee coffee in the National Hockey League. But one of those guys who was just proud to be there and played his heart out when he had the chance. We go back and look at one of his better games as an Islander and it's not easy to find productive, good games for the 1972-73 Islanders. A team that played eight, uh, 78 games and won... 12 of them, uh, but we go to March 17th, 1973, home game at the Coliseum. The St. Louis Blues visiting Wayne Stevenson, their goalie. Jerry Desjardins is the goalie for the New York Islanders. Islanders come into this game just to give you an idea of how rough things were with a 9-58-5 record. The Blues were 30-29-11 and 11 in the first period. Bob Plager of the Blues heads off for slashing, and Billy Harris makes them pay his 23rd goal on the power play. Tom Miller and Brian Spinner-Spencer with the assists at 14.30 aisles up 1-0 after 1. In the second period, the Islanders extend their lead when Tom Miller pots his ninth. Jermaine Gagnon and Jerry Hart with the assists at 2.11, and... Four minutes and change later, Lorne Henning extends the Islanders' lead to 3-0. His seventh, Jean Potvin and Brian Lefley with the assists. The Blues get on the board, and it's a future Islander, Wayne Merrick, who scores for St. Louis. His sixth from Bob Plager and Pierre Plant at 7.55. That cuts the Islanders' lead to 3-1. And then the original NHL Ironman, Gary Unger, he got his 36th from Ab DeMarco at 1019. Islanders lead down to 3-2. To DeMarco gets an unassisted goal a minute five seconds later, his seventh of the year at 11:24, And it's a 3-3 game after two periods. In the third period, Tom Miller getting his second of the game, his 10th of the year. Billy Harris and Jermaine Gagnon with the assist at 241. Isles up 4-3, and then. Our Islanders' birthday of the day, Brian Marchinko with his first of the year, first career NHL goal. The assist to Bobby Nystrom at 3.18. That gives the Islanders a 5 to 3 lead. But Chris Evans of the Blues, his ninth from Fran Huck at 8.42, makes it a one goal game. And into the final minute we go when the Islanders get an empty netter from Neil Nicholson, his third. From the captain, Ed Westfall, at 1957. Final score in this one, Islanders 6 and the Blues 4. for Islanders' birthday of the day. Brian Marchinko. He had the goal. It was an even strength goal. It was the game winning goal. And as I mentioned, the first goal of his NHL career. He would get one more and it would come in the Islanders' final game of the year against the then Atlanta Flames. So, uh, we wish the best to Brian Marchenko, the late Brian Marchenko, who would have turned 74 on Tuesday. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. We will be back on Wednesday to talk a little bit more about this busy offseason and what the Islanders still need to do. Some more trade rumors out there, and certainly if there's breaking news, we'll have it for you first Thanks for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. So stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. That does it for this episode of the Locked uh, Locked On Islanders podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have a great day, stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders!